Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, we're starting hot and we're starting heavy on this one. Rink Rat Report podcast recording this one after the Philadelphia Flyers game. Austin Matthews is the best goal scorer to touch planet Earth. I don't care who you cheer for. I don't care where you watch the games. I don't care how you watch the games. I don't care how inebriated you watch the games. It kind of shows where I was watching this one. Austin Matthews is the best goal scorer to touch this planet. I'm sorry. If you watch all three of those goals, ask yourself this. Did Samuel Harrison, who's having a good year, by the way, if you haven't heard of him, it's because you just haven't been paying attention. Samuel Harrison's having a good year. Was there any screen in front of him on any of those nope. goals? Were any of those deflected? Were those all clean shots on goal? Two of them were clean, clear, and under control, and one of them was a one-timer. It beat him clean. He's going to be thinking about those for the next few months. If the Leafs somehow face them in the playoffs, I like obviously because it's the Leafs, Austin Matthews is going to go cold and not score a single goal on him. But say Austin Matthews plays for team X. Sam Larison's, you know, he's, he's, he's going to have to replace a few manscaped underwears there. Is he not? <laughs> that, that was, that was an insane display of goal scoring effort. You could probably fact check me on that. Was that not three goals in seven minutes? Yes, three goals, seven minutes, three goals in 16 minutes of like actual real lifetime. <laughs> real life, 16 minutes. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what can you do in 16 minutes? I'll tell you what you can do in Toronto. You can go from one intersection to the other. <laughs> that's it. I, I, that's all I can you, think of, I can think of a couple ways my girlfriend would want me to use 16 minutes, but I think she only gets 16 minutes seconds, is what but... you use on the toilet at work. I can guarantee that. All right. That's a sick joke. What we saw tonight, I, I I told someone I was like, oh, as a joke, I was like, hey, like he, he was on a cold streak, and then they're like, didn't he score against Ottawa on Saturday? <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess you so know I, what. I, yeah. kind of, I kind of forgot that goal was gross too. It was just a big old whack too. So honestly, that's and, that's a cold streak though for Austin Matthews. If he didn't score the game previously, then he's on a cold streak. Well, never mind. I mean, early in the year, it was either he scored four goals or he didn't score at all. So, <laughs> what's that? This year, four hat tricks, I want to say, uh, off the top of the noggin. Um, this guy is belligerent. This guy is disgusting. This guy is the just the best goal scorer on planet Earth. Welcome, everyone, to the Rink Rat Report podcast. As always, joined by Jason. It's a great, fun week. A lot of stuff happened. A lot of interesting stuff happens. Yeah. Not an ad, but shout out to Dublin Calling. They have a great setup for hockey right there. I, I went to go get something at the counter. I'm like, oh, got to be careful. Got to go in between whistles. I'm not. I'm going to miss the game, right? So I'm like, I go to the counter. Okay, they have a TV there. And I'm carefully bringing it back to the table. Kind of turn one way. Oh, okay, the game's there. All right, I'm good on this side. I turn slowly. Oh, okay. Games over there as well. Oh, okay. The game's over there as well. Game's over there as well. Anywhere I turn, and they put the volume on. Anywhere I turn, the game was on. So shout out Dublin Calling. What a spot. Right below Rockin' Horse there. I've heard of that one. Uh, but anyways, so we're going to get into Sense game. We're going to get into the St. Louis game. And we're going to get into the Philadelphia Flyers debauchery i don't even know what to consider that game that was a little bit of a weird one but and then in the big part of the episode the big meat and potatoes part of the episode we're gonna get into some hypothetical traits because one was thrown out by daily faceoff usually you know frank serif spaghetti he doesn't really like the leafs but one was thrown out that a lot of leafs fans were like huh this was not bad so want to examine that want to examine some other ones. I came up with some off the top of my head, 
But first, before we get into all of that, I want to give a big shout out to our friends over at Manscaped. 2024 is here in full swing, and that means it's time for a New Year's resolution check-in with our friends at Manscaped. Newsflash, it's never too late to level up your grooming game and keep your bush tamed. Manscaped's new Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra is every man's cheat code to look good, feel good, and turn the page on confidence this year. Whether you're going for a trim or that clean-shaven look, this trimmer has you covered. Trusted by over 10 million men worldwide, now is your time to get a grip on your grooming with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use the code RINKRAT, that is R-I-N-K-R-A-T, for 20% off and free shipping. The ball has dropped, but don't drop the ball on your balls. I, I didn't. I thought they would use something more clever, but they just said balls here. Uh, how's your New Year's resolution holding up? They, that's what they ask me. Um, I know they want to say, yeah, my, my balls are squeaky clean. Thank you to our guys at Manscaped. And thank you for – thank them for sticking with us for so long. They're actually fantastic. So oh, yeah. let's get into it. Do you want to talk Riley suspension? I know we record yeah. it like the awkward time. The, the most awkward part about recording once a week. Probably should have done one on Sunday. Didn't have time. Sorry. But the most awkward time, like you record middle of the week, something happens on the weekend. By the time we come back to the mic, it's old news. So Morgan Riley, five-game suspension, cross-checking Ridley Gregg, deservedly so. Um, It's currently being appealed by Riley and his team in New York in person. Jason... Too much or too little? Real quick, we'll give it five minutes. Nine. Uh, no, honestly, I'm down to talk about this for even longer if we if we have to because it's going to be recent news again if the suspension gets um if if it, if and when sorry reduced. if and when it gets reduced, it will be because, reduced because it's crazy. Like I'm sorry, it's it's obvious it from the video that his it rides up the sh- the shoulder into his head, which is like we've seen that as an explanation before mm-hmm. that like the, if the intent is to hit the shoulder and it rides mm-hmm. up. They don't treat it as drastically. Correct. Correct. You want to hear what the video explained it as? What? We understand Morgan Riley's defense that it hit his shoulder and went up to his neck. However, his it shouldn't have been that high anyways. He had time. He had time to. So th- that's just inconsistent. Like well, this is going to be the set. Like, I don't, I don't know how, yeah, no I don't shit, know how inconsistent. How, how many times has Gary Bettman reduced the suspension? I actually don't know, but like, the last one I remember was the Jason Spezza one. And it's like, how embarrassing is that? That like, you're going to have like, I, I don't I Honestly, I can't say when the last one was, but if it's Jason Spezza and then now Morgan Riley, that's like kind of embarrassing for George Peros. No, like the, the, the commissioner has to step in and say like, Hey buddy, like you're not doing your job properly. Like be more unbiased and fair in these rulings. Cause well, that was a two game reduction. The like, but, but still it's, it's, the it's thing an, is, a, like player safety, people complain, oh, player safety used to release these videos. They still do and watch them because they're horrible. They're awful. If you compare yeah. them, like if you actually start watching all of them and compare them video to video, they just pick and choose what the hell they choose. Oh, oh, this happened in this play. Ooh, the puck was way, way over there. That's part of the suspension. That's part of the reasoning we're going to include. And then the next one, this happened in the playoffs, by the way. This is a real example. The playoffs, same thing happens, and they just choose not. Um, the puck was way out of play, but eh, um, we're not going to include that. Uh, yeah, two games, two games. Hmm. It's it, it's outrageous how inconsistent they are. I don't understand. For the life of me, I do not understand. Why do we need a former player in charge of the department of player safety, if they're not going to take into account things that a player like would, Hey, from my personal experience, Hey, from playing the game, this is what we're going to include. If he's not going to do that, why the hell is he in that job? I'm sure I'm positive. I have, I almost want to look it up, but it would be a waste of time. And I don't care that much. I'm sure there's a lawyer that used to play minor pro hockey. 
Why is he not the head of the player safety? Because the way that they evaluate and the way that they put forth their arguments is nowhere near close to what a lawyer would do. It's, it's closer to what someone that's hammered would do. So anyways, <laughs> well, it worked Morgan with Riley's with... suspension in summation is just, it's garbage and it will be reduced. I am yeah. putting my stamp on that. It will be reduced because it's garbage. Yeah, and it's honestly embarrassing, like to have a suspension reduced because, because again, like you, you strategically made it five games so that you couldn't have it go to like a neutral arbitrator, so that it would only go to the commissioner. Like it's like that. That's also the annoying part of player safety. It's like you hand out like you're like how how in God's name is that play anything close to as to be equal or even worse or close to as worse as the Brandon Gallagher hit? Like that actually like. That so those was are dangerous. two different ones, but Blake Lazat, Blake Lazat cross-checked someone in the face after the play, and got one game. Yeah, it's 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 like all in, it's it's incredibly inconsistent. But like again, you can't expect consistency here. It's just going to be funny to watch. Like, on, I I believe the ruling comes out Thursday or Friday. Friday at noon is when the the meeting is. It's going to be funny to watch when that that uh, the, when it does get reduced again. So like, it's just it's just an I think it's like a. Uh, embarrassing thing for the department of player safety to have three games. Morgan Riley's already served two. So, and in Morgan Riley, actually, maybe back next game. Who knows? Forward last practice because so many players were under the weather. So it's kind of funny. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, that's Morgan Riley talk. Exactly. (laughs) I think we hit exactly five minutes. That's all there needs to be said. Joke. Anywho, let's get into the games. Let's get into tonight's game specifically. How did you think the Lifasa played tonight? Uh, the first period wasn't as good as the second period, and then the second period was the best period, and then the third period wasn't as good Correct. as the second. So it was like, yeah, pretty much up and down, I guess. Up and down play. I really thought, like, obviously Austin Matthews scores three goals. That was sick. But like, if we put that aside for a second, the Leafs really controlled play in that second period, which was really good to see. And yes. like, it felt like they were they were playing pretty well there. Uh, in the third period, a couple mental mistakes from individual players led to the power play goals. The power play, yeah, doesn't look that power bad. play to power. They was like the power play they scored looked good, sure, mm. but like the break-ins on the first couple, it was well, atrocious. I, I, I think that like just this the play that sticks out is like if you're on that wall as the winger and you're stationary, you got to like instantly rim it. You can't be trying to like do like small solves and trying to get around defensemen. It's not going to work like that, right? Like, because if you're that's under what pressure, correct. Yeah, if, if, you're, you're under, if you're under pressure, pressure on the wall, double team, especially. Yeah. You got to rim it. Why are you trying to make three, like yeah. an extra three moves? Max Domi did it. William Nylander did it. And it led to chances the other way. And one was a goal. Yeah. And, and that's not like the, the design of the break-in is that if the, the forward breaking in the puck, it receives pressure. You bump it to the guy on the wall and then the guy on the wall makes a decision whether to skate it in or, or rim it. Or like, I don't think, I don't think it's ever the right decision to try and like use your hands to make a solve there. Um, Cause it's just the too risk dangerous. The reward right? is insane. Yeah. It's just too dangerous there. Um, But like, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like I've seen that happen a little too many times where it's worked. So maybe I, I doubt that that's like the idea behind it. Cause if you like, yeah, I don't know. That's just no. that's also just how how the break in works, right? It's like if if the pass if you're pressured when you break in, you got to pass it off. But that person who receives that pass has to make the right decision. I think the wrong decision was made. Make before. a hockey decision, right? Yeah. Like yeah. it's really not that that hard. Like Max Domi yeah. on that first goal, I was amazed because he was under pressure by one guy. He was able to kind of get out of it. I was like, ooh, that was surprising. Like. Get it in, just throw it anywhere, bud. Like you're you're under pressure from a second guy. He tries to make another move. Like I understand you played 18 minutes last game. That shouldn't inflate your ego that that much, because then the puck just goes back the other way. Chance from tra- um, Travis Connect me, I think it was off the mm-hmm. inside of the post, and then Travis Sanheim was wide open in front of the net because I don't know why, but. Yeah, the power plays really, really struggled to move the puck into this. Like, that's something, even when the power play wasn't that good, remember there was a stretch. They went on a 
a decent little stretch of not scoring any goals. The break-ins mm. were always solid. The break-ins were always crisp. Tonight, it was god-awful <laughs> for a lot of it. Somehow, they ended up with the power play goal. But, I mean, that's just Austin Matthews. That's just that's just 34, plain and simple. So, that was one thing that really, really bugged me. But, to go back to what you said about set first was second was better than the first, second was better than the third also. I think they started pretty well. Uh, right off the hop, that chance from Martyrs to Nyes. And then on top of that, like they, they had the puck a lot. They, they had some good possessions, not necessarily resulting in chances, but they, they, they were getting some good puck touches. Just And then they get that power play, and then they get scored on the power play, and then the rest of the period is spent in their zone. So I thought that was kind of a weird like momentum shift. I mean, wouldn't you mm-hmm. think, hey, you got possession, you have the possession numbers behind you, you got a power play. Where do you think the game's going to shift? And then it's just, oh, oh. Yeah, right. well, you turn. So yeah. that was kind of yeah. weird to me. But I definitely agree with that. The second was their best period. They played very, very well. And Austin Matthews just willed their way, <laughs> willed his way um, to a victory that tonight. Um, I will say this. Tyler Bertuzzi made a little video about how snake bitten he is. He had a really, really good chance. Hmm. That offensive zone penalty just just not yeah wrong place wrong time like can't do that. Oh, and God. he he sat like he sat he I don't yeah. think he played a shift after he that. Nice. Uh yeah yeah. I don't think he did. I don't think Nice did. Yeah, Nice and and Bertuzzi both sat. Uh, Nice after the first goal obviously sat, and then Bertuzzi was on the next shift after that first goal, and then he didn't play again. Um, important to note that both William Nylander and who was it? John Tavares on his line obviously played after that. And same thing with Matthews and Martin who were on Nice's line as well. So do you mean uh, first goal, like the first goal of the game? Sorry. Second, second, sec, sec, first goal of that third period, second goal of the game for the Flyers. Sorry. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's what I, I meant. Like the previous goal, the second goal, and then the third goal, because uh, yeah, the, the third goal was from the Bertuzzi penalty. That makes um, sense. Yeah. But yeah, uh, obviously not great. Um, what did you make of the, I guess this wasn't a great interpretation of that Robertson Domi um, Bertuzzi oh, yeah. line. <laughs> also, the lines were kind of all mixed up all game. So yeah. it was like hard to. Because you benched two wingers. Yeah. <laughs> How many wingers do you have, really? Ber- Bertuzzi um, didn't play for like a long stretch, it looks like, it, when I'm looking at his shift chart now. But um, anyways, sorry. What did he really do? I mean, he had that one chance, but I mean. Yeah, tough, tough game for them. I was mm. very happy that they were put back together because they had such a good game against St. Louis. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing. Like, I was arguing with some. Like, they were like, "Oh, the Leafs looked like they have some good jump tonight. They look like they're trying hard tonight against St. Louis." I think St. Louis just looked like shit. Yeah. I'm sorry, St. Louis did not forecheck at all. That's where the Leafs' main weakness is. If you, you forecheck their D, you... they can't move the puck out very, very well. If you don't, I... then the Leafs are going to absolutely just slap the shit out of you, plain and simple, especially yeah. if your neutral zone D is not very good. Yeah. So I, th- I was just like, okay, like Brody looked great last game. Like everyone looked fantastic. They gave up 15 shots. They didn't have $33 million worth of players in their roster. But St. Louis just showed up and shit the bed, I got to say. No, right? yeah. I, 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 was, I was at that game and I was watching it live and I was literally saying the exact same things that you're saying. Like, and I, I checked. I thought I, was, I wasn't sure if we were texting each other during it. We weren't. So it's like yeah. you saw the exact same things that I saw. They were so soft on their, their forecheck, the, the oh, Blues, brutal. and they were just giving the team the neutral zone when when their best the, the least number one defense in this year is not playing like you're just giving it away for free it was crazy i don't know if it was tactics if they were tired because they oh, were in montreal the tactic. night before like <laughs> what what i don't i don't know what it was i have no idea what it was maybe maybe they wanted to play it soft and their video coach needs to be fired no ta- offense, uh, their, their th- that's a coach. tactic if paris paris texas is in the cards the night before oh my god <laughs> they, i can terrible I can say for sure they weren't in the city the night before and they left the night of. So it's not even like they spent, they got to spend a night in Toronto. So I think they were in a game. 
they were yeah like i i i think were they on a back-to-back or maybe they were in montreal the night before that's like, supposedly like the, that was supposedly the hottest team in the nhl they were winning all these games that's they're eight and two or whatever in their last 10 i actually haven't checked i have no idea they looked horrific in that one they got a couple rush chances but then like they flubbed off their own stick got interrupted this and that like I know the Leafs didn't have much in their lineup and they looked pretty good, but St. Louis at the same time looked like complete shit. Mm. Yeah. That's just my two cents. The Flyers looked a lot better. The Flyers actually, the Flyers play, that's a team, beginning of the year, I would have told you they're going to finish quadruple last place. Because I didn't think much of Sean Couturier, who might Mm. be hurt, who knows, hopefully not, fingers crossed. But that team, we looked at the numbers before we went on air. The Leafs had the Corsi 4 advantage in this game, which means shot attempts. They had more shot attempts than the Flyers. But the Flyers had more quality chances, more actual shots on goal. Why is that? They, they felt like they clogged the middle of the ice very well, and they forechecked pretty good on the Leafs' D, and they, they didn't. It wasn't easy exits. That was that was a tough, tough win for the Leafs. And they got pretty lucky that Boston Matthews got time and space with the puck because yeah. we all know how, how that works. Yeah, no, they they've been crazy good this year. It's 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 weird to see. So um good for them, I guess. I don't know. It's uh yeah, the Flyers. That's the I, I, didn't bet, spot, right? I did I didn't bet the regular season win total under. <laughs> Their uh, their their total oh, points. Wow. <laughs> Have you already lost that one. It's not, but it's gonna lose in like I'm like ten points away from losing that. So <laughs> it's not. Good. It's already like having it being a loser like sixty games in the season is never never uh, never good for your confidence, right? So Yikes. that was uh, wow. Yeah, that was a, that was a bad one. Uh, anything else you want to touch on for the Blues or the I guess the 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 last three games here. From the last few games, yeah, the Blues game, like Bobby McMahon hat trick, which is an awesome story. I mean, when you look at it, he was supposed to be a scratch in that game, but then Marner and Tavares went down with illnesses, so he was able to get back into the lineup. Mm. Three goals, like what else can you say? That's just awesome to see. Um, on top of that, the Blues game, I mean, the, the Bertuzzi-Domi, it's just so interesting to see the contrast of, like, I want to say that the common denominator behind it is Domi-Robertson from game to game. Yeah. Because um, of their speed. Like, if you have a bit of a slower team, no matter how good your team is, if you have a bit of a slower team, like, those two guys will expose you. But if you don't, and you're actually able to play defense – then those guys are just a giant negative to the Leafs. Like the the ups and downs with them are insane, 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 and that just puts the Leafs in such a an awkward position. Because if you were to ask me after last game, what do you think of Domi Robertson? I'd be singing their praises, but after this one, I'm like, oh, I don't know. Depends yeah. on the matchup. That's a, that's a good point. It does depend on the matchup and. Robertson felt like wasn't that good tonight, but the, it feels like the last two games he really stuck out to me. Yes, he was um, good. He was, that he was good, but you're right. It could be like a matchup dependent thing where um just depends on the opposing forward lines that he gets, like you said, matched up against uh, if he has a yeah. good game or not, which is not not bad, but also not the most ideal thing, right? You want you want right. something you can kind of play against anyone, but hey, at least he looks good against bad competition or not. I don't want to call it bad competition. At least he looks good against some competition. That's a, that's a, that's, that's the first step, right? Like, so. I guess. (laughs) Um, I will say this. The Ottawa game was extremely disappointing to lose that one. Yeah. It was just a couple, like, couple big defense. Like, they gave, the Leafs gave up the big error, I will say, Mm. in those ones. Riley throwing it into Marner's feet and then skating straight up the ice shout out to Sportsnet for giving us the absolute worst camera views of that goal i've <laughs> ever seen in my entire life i have no idea what happened in the neutral zone and thank you for that but there was that goal which just time space for ottawa oh my god and then the tarasenko goal where it was lagason shipping it to nobody 
at the at the other team's blue line, like from center to the other team's blue line. I have no idea why he did that. And then not being able to get back on top of that, Domi not back checking hard enough. Mm. Just like big, big errors. But I thought overall the Leafs had the better chances in that one. They had more chances. Like it just felt like a what I've been saying post All Star game. Their goalie gave them more saves than what our goalie gave us. Right. And that was the big difference. On top of that, the Leafs didn't get one single power play. So that killed them. Um, McCabe high sticked on one of Ottawa's, right before one of Ottawa's goals. I'm not going to complain about that, but that was horse shit. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, then the Leafs had a goal taken away from them. So when you look at it line by line, Matthew's line played awesome that night. Two goals for Marner was on for one of them, whatever. But the second line had three great chances in the first, nothing after that, unfortunately. And they were on for two goals against. So, okay. Uh, that sucks. Third line was on for one, four, one against kind of evens it out. They had the majority of the chances in that one. And then fourth line, who cares in that one? Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was, it was a back and forth game. I thought the Leafs had the edge in that one. Martin Jones played. Okay. Maybe one of them should have, been had but you know it wasn't a brutal game overall i would say mm -hmm. you know yeah i was good yeah that game's almost already out of my mind already i was, I was gonna say something but yeah. i completely forgot about it so um <laughs> yeah it's uh it is it was what an it interesting is one game. i thought that like i don't know anyways anyways could have went either way noah gregor's offside by an inch yeah the, like, yeah that, that's i think i was gonna mention was that was the difference between two nothing yeah. and one one yeah um, right. but so, so. sometimes the, Oh, it was that the disallowed goals and the whistles not going your way. I, I found it funny when, uh, it, I don't know if you saw this interview, the interview with McCabe, where it was masters trying to ask him about the refereeing and stuff. And his face is like, he has a black eye bruised his the cuts all over his face. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you look at a guy's face like that. And you're like, you're thinking how many penalties has this guy drawn in the last two games that he's put zero, just zero. zero. It's like, or last three games because I'm thinking of the Dallas Stars game too, like zero, like zero penalties and three. It's crazy. Anyways, uh, that I thought that was hilarious to see. But uh, yeah, once that cut opens though, like anything that touches it is going to open it yeah. back up. But no, for that sure. That interference call last game was on Domi after. That was that was brutal. that was horse oh, shit as oh, well. So, oh, but it's getting to that point now where the referees are also mailing it in. So um, I guess. What are you going to do? Anyways, do? so that was the last three games. I, I think the Leafs played pretty well against Ottawa and St. Louis. Mm. I'd give Philadelphia the edge in this one. I thought they mm -hmm. played better. I thought Samsonov actually had to make more than a few good saves in this one. The Leafs' chances that they got were kind of like they missed. So I would definitely, definitely, definitely give the edge to Philadelphia in this game. And I'd say, hey, Samsonov, hey. Thanks for hey, hey there you are. Thanks for coming out. What a game. So yeah. That was my thought on that. Yeah. So those were the games from this past week. Do you want to get into a little bit of hypothetical traits? Yeah, but before we do, I want to talk about some hypothetical scenarios where Matthews could win the the the, uh, the heart trophy this year. Currently, right now on DraftKings, he's priced at 12 to 1 to win the heart. Um, and I mean you gotta think if he scores. 70 goals he's got to be in the conversation for the heart there i don't know how you do that so anyways just wanted to bring that up from draft DraftKings sportsbooks we know hockey moves very fast but with DraftKings sportsbook an official sports bank partner of the nhl you can score faster than anything happening on the ice this week new customers can get five bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets like i mentioned before austin matthews 12 to 1 right now to win the heart i mean if the team does well and austin matthews scores 70 I don't know how he's on the conversation, but uh, yeah, go check out the, all the odds available from anything from hard odds, Rocky Richard odds, Vesna odds, uh, even to team futures. Who's going to win the Stanley cup regular season point totals. All that fun stuff is available over at draftkings.com. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code THPN. New, new customers can bet just get and get five bucks on the NHL to get, 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK 467 
888-789-3369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Book Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. cdkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and NHL Shields are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League there. So just a quick shout out to our sponsors over at DraftKings. Use code THPN. Yep. Hell yeah. All right. Hypothetical traits. Let's do it. Do you have the one up mm-hmm. from Daily Faceoff? Daily Faceoff so, posted some hypothetical trades on Valentine's Day called a matchmaker or whatever. I don't know. Anyways, um, they had an interesting one between the Leafs and Calgary. And Jason, you have that up on your screen? I do, but I want to kind of like start with a smaller one first that's up here. Go, it's actually the, it's the Chris Whoa. Tannis with Dallas Stars one. But we could easily just swap Dallas Stars for the Leafs in this one. And I feel like it could make a lot of sense here. Also, considering that one of the conditions in the trade is that if Dallas were to reach the West final, we could make that the East final. I feel like, feel like that'd be more enticing for the Calgary Flames because, hey, who knows what's going to happen with them this year? Probably miss the playoffs. But if they don't, who knows, right? So They're anyways, in the race. They're playing some good hockey. Somehow, some way. But uh, So this one for Dallas, pretty simple. Chris Tanev uh, for a conditional second-round pick that would become a first if Dallas reaches the Western Finals. Now, the problem is we don't have a second-round pick. But if that's, we were able to coerce... That's the only issue. It? I feel like it would have already <laughs> happened. The Leafs had a second round pick. They don't. Ah. But let, let's let's say the Leafs did or find a way to get the second round pick while also maintaining a first round pick here, right? Would you be okay with the condition of Leafs giving second round pick with the condition of if they reach the Eastern yeah. final, they give a first? Yeah, 100%. Like, no doubt right, about that it. That was pretty I think, easy. I think Chris Tanev is a great defensive defenseman. I understand the – there's – he has miles – on that tread right now he blocks a ton of shots he plays like he plays like a heavy game even though he he's not that physical he doesn't hit that much it's just that Mm. he blocks so many shots and he gets in front of so many shots and he takes so many hits that like at 34 you're like he's just bound to get injured or not look very good in the playoffs but you know that's part of the gamble right there. I, I think Chris Hannums would complement the Leafs decor fairly well uh, right now. So I would I would do a conditional second turns into yeah. a first if you make the Western Com- Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, that's that's the more boring one. Let's get to the more fun one. And I, I honestly, when you send this to me, I was actually shocked because like some of the names in here, I like I just didn't expect it to be this big. Number one, number two, like. I didn't expect either of these guys to be in like a hypothetical trade from Frank Cervelli. But anyways, I'll stop uh, being around the bush here. So it'd be Noah Hannafin, who is a UFA this year. And it, this, I believe it mentions uh, in this article that it would come with the uh, assumption that Noah Hannafin would get an extension, right? I believe it says that. Okay. Um, so there's that. And then also you would get Andrew Mangiapane, who is signed for... I believe one more year after this, and it would be a 50% retain. So you get Manjapani at 50% retain. He'd be making $2.9 million Mm -hmm. over the next two years. You'd have to give up a first round pick, a third round pick, a fifth round pick, all from 2024. You'd have to give up Ryan Reeves for cap purposes. You'd have to give up Nick Robertson. You'd have to give up Topi Nimala. What are your thoughts on that one? I would almost definitely do that. I mean, Andrew Mangiapane at 50% retained right now feels like that would be a first plus. Like whatever. Yeah. Remember Blake Coleman went for he was 50% retained. He was only 900k. So that's important to you know keep in mind there, but Andrew Mangiapane right now has eight even strength goals and 19 even strength assists. He doesn't play power play. He's over a point of point, a point every other game. Excuse me. He hits a little bit in there too. Like I think he's worth a ton in there, especially if you're getting him next year at 2.9. I will caveat this. 
Calgary hates retaining contracts. And why would they retain if they're kind of competitive right now? And then for next year, they're going to get rid of Manjapane and retain on that salary too. I think it would have to be a hell of a lot more than Nick Robertson and Topi Nimala for that. Do you think one more, like, do you think a freight, like, it feels like you're giving up a lot here, like, but Fraser Minton, if you throw him I in as well, does that, be, I would think, I that, think it would have to be Cowan. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it for that. But if, if you could get it, get away with throwing in Fraser Minton and, and get, getting those guys back, I think wow. that, I think that's huge you, because you love Fraser Minton. No, it's not even that I don't love him. It's like the purpose of Fraser Minton is to come in and fill like one of those contract slots on a cheap deal. But if you get Andrew Manjapane, who can who'd make two point nine for the next year, it almost it gives you a bridge that's year massive. almost. That's perfect. It's mass. It's insane. Like it's actually insane, and it helps us out a lot this year, like right now. Um, so yeah, we like, have issues with guys outside of like the core guys being able to actually put the puck inside of the back of the net. So adding Andrew Manjapane, who's put up 35 before, would yeah. be massive. Who's massive, like a, yeah. massive, massive. So a that good would be goal scoring awesome. talent. Exactly. So. so there's that. Noah Hannafin, just the issue with him, I feel like he's gonna go for way more than what he's actually what he actually is. Because he's former fourth round pick, or fourth overall pick, fifth overall pick, my bad. What was that draft? That was McDavid, line. Correct me if I'm wrong. Right. It was McDavid, Eichel, Eichel, Dylan Strome, Mitch yes. Marner, Noah Hannafin out of Boston Correct. College. Okay, yes. there we are. And then Pavel Zaka, sixth, I believe. So, like, I feel like he minutes munching. He kind of does. He plays offense. He plays defense. I feel like he's like decent at both, but isn't anything exceptional. I mean, just what scares me off is the fact that the flames offered him like $60 million and he didn't say, yes, 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 yes. Go, 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 go sign, 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 get that, get that check to the bank before it bounces. Like is Noah Hannafin worth $60 million? I don't think so. So then you're, yeah. you're kind of left with that. So I don't know. Huh. Yeah. It it definitely depends on what the, the contract is and what the term is. And also just to play like, listen, I would do the deal, but just to play like okay. a devil's advocate of it and like saying like, hey, maybe reasons why you shouldn't do the deal. First of all, we already have like a, it feels like not a log damn at lefty, but you're trading a righty for lefty. Obviously, Noah Hannafin is better than Timothy Lilligren, but a constant theme this year that we've been talking oh, about. Is that... Lilligren wasn't in that. Was oh, he? Shoot, what am I saying? Lilligren was not in that. Sorry, my brain. My brain. Nemo is right-handed, but he's not. He's not. Perfect. Yeah, the, no, no. The, but that doesn't even matter. That that wasn't where I was going with this. Sorry, it was more so that we want TJ Brody on the left side, and I know that's a one-year thing. Correct. But like, preferably you have TJ Brody on the left side. So, um, if you do that, that obviously is not possible. Um, and also with with, uh, yeah, I just I, like. That's like the only thing I can think about. And then also the cap hit of what it's going to cost to carry yeah. Noah Hannafin, after, like you said, after this year. Is it going to be worth it? We're already paying Morgan Riley $7 million, $7.5 million. Like with how many forwards are getting paid right now, can we afford another big ticket defenseman, right? Like on top of that, you have to think, okay, maybe maybe next year we might be able to afford it. But then Joseph Wall's up. Does he look, right? Is he going to start commanding a larger salary here too? So there's a lot of, it's a multi-layered factor like multi-layered factors as to why maybe this might be a little bit more complicated than it looks on the, on yeah. the surface. But I still, I still think you, yeah, yeah if like this is possible, you got to pull the trigger on it just because from, of it makes yeah, you team... from the least end. I would 100% do it. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Um, And even if you'd have to give a little bit more, I was, I'm still okay with giving a little bit more. Um, I have, would you do this deal? Exact same Here. deal. But instead of Nimala, it's Cowan. Probably not. Maybe maybe that's like an overvalue of Easton Cowan, but like he's the one guy in our system who is like he's also the freshest guy in the system. And this always happens yeah. where the freshest guy seems like he has top six upside. And then but just the way he's played this year in the in the in the in, in the OHL for London, it's just like I mean I, w I wouldn't like, I would just hold on to him and let him just grow and mature. Cause in two years he might be like a legit NHL contributor. once he gets size and, uh, 
and f- kind of fills out his frame. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm trying to look up. I thought Calgary had like a good defense prospect that was an offensive guy, but turns out I am. Oh, Jeremy Poirier. Here we go. I don't know much about this guy. He has only played four games this year. He had 41 points in 69 games last year. So do they yeah. want another six foot, six foot one offensive D-man? He's left-handed, but and he hasn't mm-hmm. played this year really. So I have no idea. I'm just kind of speculating, bringing that up. Like, well, that's yeah. the thing you got to remember with Topi Nimolo. Like, is he really gonna be a top four two way guy? From what I've seen, like I don't fully see that yet. Maybe he needs time to season. But I'll continue to watch. I'll, I'll continue yeah. to be unbiased and just asking, just bringing forth some questions. You know what I mean? But anyways, so the original trade, can you repeat that one more time? Yes, let me pull it up here quickly. So it was uh, all from 2024. It was a 2024 first from the Leafs, a yeah. third from the Leafs. Uh, this yeah. is from New York, though. Uh, Calgary's fifth that we're sending back to Calgary. Ryan Reeves for cap purposes. Nick Robertson and Toby Nemola. For Noah Hannafin and Andrew Andrapani, fifty percent retained. Assuming this is trade, it falls with the assumption yeah. that uh, Hannafin would come with an extension on the way back. Yeah. So, so one hundred percent, yes, I would do that. Yeah, I just don't um, think Calgary would do that. Yeah, I, I, I think that's the biggest issue is that Calgary wouldn't do this either. So, um, but that's the right idea. Get a guy yeah. that has a year left. Like, yeah, that would be huge. That would be huge, 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 right? And be able to retain on it too. Oh God, that would that would be really be something to, you know, hang on the wall kind of thing. Yeah, and I and had a this, hypo- yeah. Go sorry. I was gonna say just to close it off here. You mentioned that like Calgary doesn't like to retain. Like if they're if they're getting rid of Hannafin, Tanev, and Manjapane, I think they would retain one of those like they would retain Manjapane just for like it's only one you still have two more next year it's not like this team already i don't even think is capped out like um they have yeah they have they have a little bit of cap space here and they're carrying like a lot of players so they're carrying the max amount of players you can have so yeah. it's like they the, the cap is not like an issue for them right like they could make it work no if they but to. actually spending money kind of is that's right? yeah that's that's a thing right so you know uh, so I had one that I came to the table Let's with. Let's hear it. So apparently the Nashville Predators, they have this goalie mm. named UC Saros. Doesn't mm. have the best, best numbers this year, but is one of the best goalies in the league. I would say top five. His skating is unbelievable. He's not that big, but he's just the best top two skater in the league. Him, Shesterkin, just one of the best in the league. And Sorokin, sorry, I forgot to add him in there too. Nashville's not too keen on giving him the Connor Hellebuck contract that he probably will be looking for. Connor Hellebuck signed this past offseason. He's one of the best goalies in the league. UC Soros is also one of the best goalies in the league. Why wouldn't he look for that contract? Especially cap hit percentage adjusted, right? Nashville's in the rebuilding stage. From what I've heard, from what I read in this article, I forget who it was. Really have to look. I quote tweeted them. You can find them if you want to. So Nashville's kind of taking, they're listening on UC Saros. They're listening. They have a really good goalie prospect. I can't remember his name. The Russian guy played for Russia for several world juniors. Loved to throw his stick for some reason. Askarov. There we are. He's really making his ways up through the minors too. He's looking really good. So Nashville's listed on UC Soros, one year left on his contract, eligible for an extension in July, looking for a big, big ticket. What would it take for the Leafs to get UC Soros? Do you have an idea? I like maybe this might be crazy, but do you want UC Soros, right? Like, is that is that a risk that is worth taking? Is that like a He's one of the best goalies in the league? Yeah, I I, 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 it's just like what, what would the cost be? Can it fit? 
Um, I'll tell you. You'd have like you'd have to send like if you do that, you have to send Ilya Samson out the other way, like a hundred percent, right? Like that's like that's oh, if it's that, right now, sure. Yeah. Are you talking about next year? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I didn't even. I just thought in general. I forgot about Ilya Samson. But yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> so no, yeah, but if you'd send, you'd have I to. I didn't send even it think of Ilya Samson off, but like salary wise, I feel like that's the only thing that makes sense because you can't carry Samson off Wall and and your uh, well, you and. You mentioned him. Wall. It have to be Walt going the other way. No, I would not do that. No, I feel like that's a that's a that's like something that could potentially lead to a mistake. Um, okay. I think the I you know how I feel about goaltending. It's like I'd rather pay the cheaper goaltending. I'd rather go for the mystery box because it's cheaper than pay the for Ooh. sure for sure. Kind of lost a few games recently because of the mystery box. I don't know. I mean, I'm really big on Joseph Wall, and I think it's going to be huge to have him at like 760 or whatever he's at next year. Mm. It's just this is UC Soros, and I really did this. I like this isn't you're getting Philip Grubauer. Like, yeah, UC Soros is better. I know this one. Like, I'm so confident in this. Like, UC Soros is playing for a not great team. He put up fantastic numbers last year. Debatably should have been the Vesna winner last year. If you have the op, like, it's just, it would cost. Maybe. I know it would cost Joseph Wall in a first. Maybe a little bit less than a first, but Joseph Wall plus. But, but like, just, just speaking this through, would they even want Joseph Wall? Because don't they have that Askarov? Um... They do have Askarov. So that's where I just think, like, value-wise, it would have to be Joseph Wall plus. Plus, so yeah, they they do have Askarov. Askarov is young, so if they extend Wool, uh, they have Wool for one more year. Wool is like four years older than Askarov, I want to say, maybe three. So you have that decent tandem because Askarov's not going to be fantastic right off the bat, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like Wool would be like a good starter, similar to what you remember Frederick Anderson. Yes. Yeah. Anderson was coming right into his own, coming into being a starting goaltender, was like right on the cusp from, from when the Leafs traded for him. Right? It was a perfect timing. Unfortunately, this, this, and that, and we didn't yeah. win Dick all, but uh, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but I'm just talking in ter- terms of archetypes. So, like, would Wool be like the perfect scenario where he comes in, he plays a few, they're able to extend him a few years, and then Askarov's able to take over after that and be the starting goalie and be the guy, right? That's why I say Wool, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But again, I don't know how much they would value that. So, yeah. I think um, if, you, if the least were to go for UC Soros, it would be Joseph Wool and a first. I would do like I would I would like consider doing these moves in the off season. I just don't think it makes sense for this this season. Okay, I I think it would make eh, yeah like it would just be too hard to maneuver. I think. I think like I mean you don't know how Wall's going to look after the high ankle sprain. You don't really have time. It's going to be a bit of a gamble when he comes back to rely on him. UC Soros is healthy. I think you would actually have to be paying like a premium to get him at the deadline, obviously. And I think that would make the most sense to me, right? Why would I pay for UC Soros if Wool's going to be okay in the off season and then yeah. go from there? It, it It is something to think about. Maybe other people disagree, but to me, I was like, huh, that is interesting. They're, and I'm a big Wool guy. But it's 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 something to think about. No, you're right. The, honestly, just looking at the numbers, it, it could be a fit. But again, like you can't. I don't think you can make that move this season. I just think that it would be okay. too many moving pieces. Because if if you do send Wall back the other way, then you would definitely have to. Um, you'd have to like move Samson off to another team because I don't think like cap wise it would work out. Like carrying both him and Wall, or sorry, him and Sam, like Saros and Samson off. Well, no, you wouldn't. Uh... You wouldn't you wouldn't be able to make any other trades, right? 
or no, five million in. Uh, yeah, I guess that would be dicey. I don't know. I didn't even look. I didn't even look at the salary cap wise. Oh, good. Just something uh, to think about. No, yes, because Saros is like you mentioned. It's a it's a good it's a good comparison because I also thought of like Frederick Anderson kind of, but like he's almost more established than when we brought in Frederick Anderson. So oh, he's way more established. Yeah, yeah. way more established. Um, could be interesting. Right, twenty eight. You're gonna get him for twenty eight to thirty six. He's gonna be, but he's gonna be bank, getting paid like eight Good. and a half, nine mil. So, uh, you know, yeah. But then again, people were surprised when um, Saros signed one and a half by three or four years when they had Rene, because it was mm. like, isn't she supposed to be the next guy up? And then after that weird contract he signed like five mil by five years and again people were like what the hell's going on here who's your agent mr rogers like okay so anyways that was just something that i brought forth that i thought was a little bit interesting there so yeah my other hypothetical trade if you were to move from hypothetical team a wants nick robertson they offer what for you to actually make the deal happen? Top four defensemen. Top four. Yeah. Like for Nick Robertson straight up? Not for Nick Robertson straight up, but there's no added value to the lease of you trading Nick Robertson unless it's for a top four defenseman or if you get like a top six winger. There's like, but and like not saying. Why is that? Because we need that. You need what? Explain top four defenseman and a top six winger i think that's like that's the only thing that that's the only reason why i would like that's the only reason why you would trade nick robertson is to get the that back like you wouldn't just trade nick robertson to get pick uh, a pick or something for the future i think Mm -hmm. but why is that you're almost there because he looks good because he's looked good so far almost there almost there nick robertson's not going to sign for very much in the off season yeah that's true that is potentially He's an up and down winger. Why is he not playing as much as he should? Well, look at the numbers tonight. He was fucking terrible. Ugh, fuck, I gave up swearing for Lent. Yeah. Anyways, he's very, very up and down. He's very, very volatile. His paths to the puck in the defensive zone and the offensive zone are terrible. And what do I mean by that? Well, he tries to go for it and he just tries to go way too hard at it. And he doesn't. And the other player with the puck just obviously makes a quick little pivot and he's 10 miles past him right so that's where you know he gives up too much space essentially and he doesn't Mm -hmm. he's not he's inconsistent on the puck in terms of getting the puck for himself right and making space and creating space off the puck that's his deficiency right his deficiency is not oh he can't skate he's not skilled he doesn't have a good shot the physical skills are there. The big thing why you want to keep Nick Robertson is because next season you're in a cap crunch. Next season, he's what the hell is he going to command in restricted free agency? One and a half, maybe, 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 maybe. Maybe. We're feeling generous, too. Not even, right? That's a guy that you can, okay, we'll give you one and a half by two. We'll give you one and a half. That's okay. If you give him one and a half by two, would you be surprised if he outplayed that value? He should, considering like if you look at he's only played sixty four games in his NHL career, so it's like Correct. even one and a half might even be generous. Like he might take like a league minimum one year deal and just mm, it's a little light, but so he's only played sixty four games and he has twenty two points know. in sixty four games. Says he got league minimum last year. League minimums for like, yeah, you know, I I think a little bit above. You're being maybe. Little Maybe. bit above, a little bit but like above. I don't see why he wouldn't just sign his qualifying offer. Like, what would he get more than his qualifying mm. offer? Because for if you're him, you, you don't want term, you want like, yeah, exactly. Well, it depends on his thought process, yeah, it, it all depends on that. But that's yeah. so where I, I see where you're yeah. going with this stuff, yeah. But that's where the Leafs really need that kind of guy where it's like a healthy bet on a younger player still coming into his own Mm -hmm. that could easily outplay his contract. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's where you don't want to give Nick Robertson up for a third. 
Yeah. Nick that Roberts just doesn't make for a sense. second, it's like. No, I wouldn't even do it for a second. I, I Again, like unless it's for a top 4D or a winger. And I'm not talking like, I'm not saying Nick Robertson is worth a top four, like one for one top four. No, like that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is like, it just, the value added just for yeah. just trading Nick Robertson, it just doesn't make sense. And I think the actual market part. value of Nick Robertson right now is lower than what the Leafs value to Nick Rob or Nick Robertson's value to the Leafs. For sure. Be. For sure. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So what would you like, so you're saying a top four defensive? So would you do Chris Tanner for Nick Robertson straight up? Even still, like I don't think I would do that unless it's like I don't know if you'd even want to re-sign Chris Tanev, right? Like I, I don't think that like that's dicey. That's dicey for me. Just with all the stuff. Chris Tanev plus he signs for two years at three and a half. Then maybe that would make more sense. Um, maybe. Right, like it's a maybe. But I'd still be hesitant to do that, and like I feel like you could probably get Tanev for less. That'd be like the best you could get for Tanev, I think. Yeah. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like the Calgary wise. Anyways, yeah. That's where Nick Roberts. It's it's an interesting point. The Leafs are at with Nick Robertson right now, and I really yeah. wonder what they're going to do with. I think they're going to hang on to him because. I don't know what a like if you're trading for him, like how are you like oh yeah, we'll like I guess we'll take Nick Robertson. You kind of like like what would another GM think about that? What would another a fan of another team think of Nick Robertson? Like, oh, we got Nick Robertson. He doesn't play in the defensive zone very much. He's not relied mm. upon very heavily. He's been on the cusp of being an NHL player for three years. He's been injured majorly two years in a row. But he he's got some juice to him. He's got mm -hmm. something to him that we've yeah. seen, right? So it, it really is a thinker, unless you hate Nick Robertson. Then <laughs> in that case, I I guess I don't know. Um, my other hypothetical kind of trade, I guess, would be what did you think of Sean Walker tonight? I honestly didn't get a good enough look at him. I kind of wasn't Same. really paying attention to him. I should have. I should have paid more of attention to him, but I did. I tried. I didn't really. Yeah, it's not like there was nothing that stuck out to me. Um, that's a that's a good. That's oh, yeah. like usually a good sign for a defenseman, though, right? No, no yes. negative plays. Like I tried to just watch and like watch from the least perspective instead of like watching for Sean Walker. Yeah, it was kind of tough. I agree, I agree on that one. I have to. Get that was an oopsies on my part for sure. That was an oopsies. Like, I tried, but it was it was. I mean, unless you're watching the game solely for a single player or maybe yeah, two, it's, hard. it's yeah. really, really hard to get a good idea of what like a non air Carlson player really is like. Yeah. And also like, I wanted to talk for this episode to talk about the flyer, like talk. Oh, about the yeah, flyers yeah. So it's like, I have to like, you know, anyways, um, I have to pay yeah. attention to every other player on the ice. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. That's a good exactly. point. I, I, again, I, I agree. I didn't see much. I didn't I, I didn't get that great of a look. So there's yeah. that. Um yeah. What I guess my next question, I was gonna ask something surrounding Timothy Logren. Do you think there's a universe in which he gets traded at the deadline? I don't think so. That same answer is uh Nick no. Robertson, but like even like to a greater extent, because he's probably more valuable than Nick Robertson right now. He's more developed. Um Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What's he going to get in restricted free agency? Right. How far is he from free agency? I guess is another. He's arbitration eligible. He's twenty four years old. Um, okay. Restricted free agency. I don't know how it even works for like how you even evaluate. I think they just use time on ice to evaluate it for defense. <laughs> like oh, I'm actually not even kidding. Uh, yeah, we're getting him for free then. Yeah. So. Um, <sighs> I wouldn't be surprised if they used Timothy Littlegren. As a right. as a trade asset? Yeah, if you get a defensive yeah. back, then that makes sense. But again, with it has, term. To, be like a, it has to be with term. Yeah. Defensive can't with be term. giving up Timothy Littlegren for nothing. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I think the goal is to not give up any of those guys, though, if possible. Yeah. The goal is max, max, max the first round pick. 
because you need, I think right now for the Leafs, your greatest asset is guys that can step in next year on cheaper contracts and outplay those contracts. Because you are paying William Nylander 11.5. You are paying John Tavares 11. You're paying Austin Matthews, thir- Austin Matthews 13.25, I believe it is. Mitch Marner mm-hmm. 10.93. Like, how crazy uh, of the core four, <laughs> Mitch Marner is going to be the least paid next year? That's nuts, yeah. Uh, how the times uh, change. really funny. Yeah, and then Morgan Riley 7.5. Can't forget him. So, yeah. in summation... Unless the trade really makes you think, it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> like, yeah. Plain and simple. Unless you're trading with, um, uh, what was the guy's name in Vancouver a couple years ago? Oh my god. Um, what's his name? Not Gillis. It was Jim Benning. Jim Benning. He's not great. I didn't like him very much. Anyways, yeah. The rest of the league did, though. I think some of these trades are pretty thought-provoking. You can see it from either side. Let us know if you disagree. But do you have any other hypothetical trades on the docket? Nope, that's it for me. That's all I had for this week. Joseph Wall is coming back soon. I cannot wait for that. Um, Just like we predicted. Our sources, incarcerated Bob's going nuts right now. Our sources are better than his. Called this at the beginning of the suspension, mid February, he will return. Everyone was saying, Oh, he might return January. No, mid February. Our sources are never wrong. (laughs) Anyways, (laughs) thanks everyone for listening. Go, Leafs, go.